lots of you know that I'm a cyclist, uh, that I ride bikes. And I, there, there's something that happens in me when I ride my bike. Now, you might not be able to relate to this uh, as a cyclist, but I bet there's something in your life that is like this. For me, cycling is that thing that just does something in me. And I can't explain what it is, but it, it, maybe the best word to explain it is it's a deep joy in me. There's just something for me about being out on my bike and riding. But of course, not all the time, not like a day like I rode yesterday uh, and it was just horrendous. It was just pouring. It was cold. Uh, not on a day like that. I don't have that feeling. Not on a day when um, I, I ride sometimes early in the morning when it's so cold that I can't feel my fingers. Not on those days when cars choose to just buzz you, just kind of, they almost seem to drive as close as they can alongside you. Uh, or sometimes wind down the window and, and just feel free to teach you some new words uh, and just abuse you. That, that happens from time to time. It, it happens. Uh, unbelievable, isn't it? Um, but apart from that, apart from those moments, cycling brings me uh, joy. And as I said, I, I bet you know there's, most of us have at least one thing. Some of us have many things or several things in our life that bring us that kind of joy, that sort of in the moment, I just love doing this. We're in a series that we're calling On Purpose, um, where we're looking at who we are and where we're going as a church. Uh, we began talking about our destination of a church. and You've heard me say each week um, that we are a people we want to be, a people who are devoted to Jesus, living our lives, following Jesus' example and teaching wherever we are, no matter the cost. That's where we're going. That's the kind of church that we want to be. And we talked about how we're going to get there. We'll provide an opportunity for people to experience Jesus through worship, communion and community. We'll focus on clear, practical Bible teaching and we will empower people to serve our community and the world. And we've been talking for most of this series about the kind of people that we want to be along the way in that journey. The kind of people that we believe Jesus is calling us to be as a church here. Because as we've said, and we will continue to say in this place, we don't believe that the church is a building. We don't believe that the church is an organisation. That church is a community of people. So when we say, what is Tide Church? Tide Church is us. Um, you know, what's Tide Church like? Well, Tide Church is like we are. So to say, what is Tide Church like? Is to say, who are we? How will we live what kind of people will we be? What will we do? And what will we say as people and as followers of Jesus? And so we talked about being a community of people who love people, love all people. We talked about being a community that is focused on grace, that is uh, living abundantly and generously. Uh, last week we talked about being a community that is overflowing with hospitality. But we also want to be a people who are marked by joy. Be a people who are marked by joy. Because I bet if you ask the average person to describe the Christians they know or to describe what they think about Christians, my bet is that not too many people would use the word joy. That if you asked people, average people, tell me about the Christians you know, or, or tell me what you think Christian people are like, 
that the words they might use are more likely to be words like serious. Killjoy, exactly. They might say conservative. They might even use the word boring. But they won't say joy. And I want to tell you this morning, it hasn't always been that way. If you've got a Bible, um, jump in with me to John chapter 15. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way to the back of your Bible, you'll find uh, the boys' names, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And we're in John, which is the last of those, John chapter 15. And I'm going to start reading at verse 5. These are the words of Jesus. Listen to Jesus speaking when he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. If you're around with us uh, a while back, a fair while back when we did our Grow series, we talked about how to read the Bible. We talked about what the Bible is, uh, how we read the Bible, how we understand the Bible. And one of the things that we talked about in that series is uh, we discovered that Bible writers often use repetition to make their point. It's something that was really common in the way that, that, that people in the time of uh, the writing of the Bible uh, used to make their point is repetition. Did you notice the word that's repeated in this passage? Did you notice the word remain, 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 remain? Seven times in this passage, the word remain, 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 remain. John wants you to understand that Jesus' message in this moment is to remain in me, to remain in me. And I want to ask the question this morning, why? Because have a look at verse 11, if you've got a Bible in front of you. Um, Jesus says, I've told you this. In other words, this is, this is why. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Remain in me, remain in me, remain in me so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And I want to say this as clearly as I can. If you've never heard this before, I want you to hear this clearly. Jesus was a person who was full of joy. 
Whatever you think about Christians and whatever people think about Christians, I want to say really clearly, Jesus was a person who was full of joy. He was a joy to be around. In fact, did you know that Jesus was full of so much joy, he spent so much time in, 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 in if you like, in, in joyful uh, interactions with people. He spent so much time at, at parties and celebrations and being in spaces and doing things that brought joy that he was accused, and this is Bible language, he was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. That's Bible language of saying Jesus was accused for being a party animal. Oh, this is serious. I'm telling you the truth. This is uh, Matthew 11, 19. You can go read it for yourself. Jesus was full of joy. And John tells us that Jesus came to pass that joy onto people so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And the word complete there has, has an idea, not an idea of sort of being finished the end, but complete as in being sort of full, fill up. That, that, that idea of complete, that your joy may be, may be sort of full, may be complete. Um, but we might use a word like uh, overflowing. And the way into that joy, the way into that kind of joy in life, the way to, to have a joy that is complete in you is to remain in Jesus. He says, like a branch stays connected to the vine and the vine is the source of life and health for that branch. So, so he says, so Jesus is the source of life and health and joy for a Christian person. Those who would stay connected to him, to remain in him, and those who would live his way, he says, to keep my commands, my command to love each other. That is the key to living a life of joy. And the point is this, friends, that the Christian life should be marked by joy. For those of you who are Christians, those of you who, 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 who kind of say you follow Jesus, a Christian life should be marked by joy. The Apostle Paul, writing decades later uh, to the church in Philippi, would remind them when he writes this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is literally in prison when he writes those words. Paul is in a Roman prison, which is way uglier and darker and meaner than any idea you've got about prison in today's world. This is the kind of prison where you can be executed like that without warning, without trial or without explanation. And in the middle of that season in his life, he writes these words, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Repetition again. In the middle of that, Paul is talking about this life of joy and thankfulness and peace. How is that possible? Honestly, how is that? I mean, I, I, I read that and you go, yeah, it's in the Bible, so you kind of believe it. But how is that 
possible to live a life so full of joy when the circumstances around you are anything but joyful. I don't imagine there was anything in Paul's circumstances on a day-to-day basis that would bring him joy. How is that possible? And I've been sitting with this for a while and wrestling with this. I want to suggest to you that we need to change how we measure joy in our lives. We need to change what we link our joy to. We need to disconnect joy from our daily circumstances and we need to reconnect the idea of joy in our lives to Jesus. And I'm serious, this isn't, this isn't a motivational strategy. This isn't a new age sort of mindfulness technique. This is a deep foundational Christian belief that deep and lasting and abundant joy never comes from your circumstances. If you need to be healthy and well to experience joy in life, you're in trouble. Because life isn't always healthy and well, is it? I mean, six million people dying in a global pandemic in the last two years. We should have taught you that if you didn't know it beforehand. If you need to have a happy, peaceful family in order to have joy, you're in trouble, right? Because with the exception of my perfect family, there are no families that are always happy and joyful all the time, are there? And my children are sitting in church smiling and rolling their eyes at me. If you need a great, successful, secure job, don't look at me like that. If you need a great, successful and secure job in order to have joy in your life, you're in trouble. Because even the best job, even the, the best paying job, even that, that job of your dreams isn't always happy and secure and positive and exciting, is it? If you need to have a big pile of money in order to have joy in your life, you're in trouble. Because money comes and money goes. If you need to be sort of living your best life in order to have joy in your life, you're in trouble. Because there's no life that's Instagram worthy every day, is there? It's just not how life works for us. Jesus offers us a different kind of joy. Jesus offers us a joy that is not connected to health and well-being and to happy families and to great jobs and to finances and to stuff and to experiences and to any of those things. Jesus offers us a joy that is connected to the forgiveness of sin and eternal life. That's the reason for a Christian person to experience and to live a life full of joy. Jesus said it this way in Luke 10 verse 20. He said, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is saying, you can, as a Christian person, you can see all kinds of amazing things happen in your life. 
And you think so as a Christian person, you can see healing. You can see God open doors, uh, open doors in relationships and in, and in jobs and in experiences. You can see God do all sorts of amazing stuff like that in your life. You can, I mean, in this example, you can see evil spirits submit to you in the name of Jesus. How awesome would that be? And Jesus himself said, none of that compares to the salvation and eternal life that you have in Jesus. None of that compares to the reality that if you're a Christian person sitting here today, your name is written in the book of life in heaven. Jesus himself said that should be the primary source of your joy in life. And he says that because the good news is that nothing can change that reality. That if you're, if you're a Christian person, your health will change, it will go up and down. Your family will change, it will go up and down. Your relationships, your job, your finances, all of those things will ebb and flow whether you're a Christian or not. But there is one thing that for a Christian person remains absolutely true and absolutely constant all the time. And that is the love and the presence and the forgiveness and the eternal life that we have in Jesus. Paul said it this way when he wrote a letter to the church in Rome. He said, for I'm convinced, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything, uh, nor anything else in all creation. You get the picture here? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're a Christian, that is your reason for joy. That is why you should be living a life of joy every day. It's got nothing to do with your outside circumstances and it's got everything to do with the love and the forgiveness and the presence of Jesus in your daily life. But I think that's where some of us, to be really honest, I think that's where some of us get tripped up. Because some of us uh, have bought into a lie that says, if I believe in Jesus, then I won't get sick. Or at least if I do get sick, I'll get healed because that's what God does. If I pray hard enough, God will give me a great job surrounded by brilliant people and an awesome boss. If I go to church often enough, my finances are always going to work out. I'm always going to have enough money. The bills are going to magically get paid and I'm going to have enough left over for a nice holiday. Some of us have turned Jesus, some of us have turned the Holy Spirit of God into a kind of fairy godmother in our lives. You know, that just appears at just the right time and waves the magic wand and makes everything okay. You know the way that always works in the nursery rhymes? And full disclosure, to be as honest as I can, I grew up with something of a picture of that kind of Jesus. You know, come to Jesus and life will be brilliant. 
I want to say to you this morning, Christian joy doesn't come from Jesus making our lives nice and fun and comfortable and easy. Christian joy comes from knowing Jesus in the middle of a life that is sometimes tough and sometimes challenging and sometimes painful. It's knowing Jesus in the middle of a life where sometimes we fail and things don't work out the way that we hope they would. Christian joy comes from knowing that in those moments, including in the brilliant moments, and they do come, right? That in all of those moments, I am loved. In all of those moments, I am forgiven. In all of those moments, I am set free from the sin and the mess and the rubbish that sits in the background of my life. In all of those moments that I have eternal life as a gift from Jesus now and forever. Friends, that is the source of our joy as Christian people. Because that kind of joy doesn't change. That kind of joy can never be taken away from you. That kind of joy remains undented by your circumstances as they change with the ups and the downs of life that, let's face it, we all know come to all of us. That's the kind of joy that Jesus offers. That's the kind of joy that that Jesus is talking about when he says, remain in me, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's the kind of joy that Paul was talking about when he could write to a church from prison and say, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again so that you get it. Rejoice. And that's the kind of joy that is available to us today. And as a church, we're saying that's the kind of joy that we want to teach and that we want to experience in this place. That's why when we talk about those three directions, we talk about we'll provide an opportunity for people to experience Jesus. Because lasting joy can only come when people experience Jesus. And I want you to, we're not talking about experiencing what Jesus can do for you. Do you see the difference? We're talking about actually experiencing the person of Jesus through his Holy Spirit. Actually experiencing his love and his presence and his forgiveness. That's the path to joy. That's the path to deep and lasting and abundant joy. As Jesus says, remain in me. Not the things that I'm going to do for you. Remain in me. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That your joy may be full up. And then, and then maybe people will start to see us the way people saw Jesus. Not as boring and conservative and killjoys, but as full of joy, as fun to be around, as full of life and energy. That's the kind of Jesus that we worship. That's the kind of people that we want to be. That's the kind of church that we want to be.